It's likely not a coincidence that you're here looking for effective information about the low-carb or ketogenic lifestyles or a carnivorous lifestyle. Are you looking for trustworthy information on healthy nutrition, weight loss, general health questions, balancing your hormones, or living a longer, fuller, or more abundant life? Even men and women at the peak of health find themselves wondering if there's more to life beyond the mirror, the scale, the stress test, the colonoscopy, or the lab test. Whether you're looking for more meaning in your life, increasing your confidence, your ability to make a bigger impact, improving healthy relationships, improving your wealth, experiencing deeper and more meaningful love, or even creating a powerful lasting legacy. Find out how amazing your life can be on this episode of Doc Talk with Dr. Adam Nelly. Listen and learn as we take complex health topics and make them clear, understandable, and applicable to your life. My desire is that you find the answers to the burning questions you have, answers that will get you back on track, improve your health, and let you be who you were meant to be. Whatever your reason, thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're joining me today. If you have a question that you'd like discussed on Doc Talk, I'd love to answer it. I cannot give individual advice or recommendations, but we can answer the question in an educational format and give you some tools to make educated decisions about your health. If you have a question, email it to questions at docmuscles.com. Again, that's questions at docmuscles.com, D-O-C-M-U-S-C-L-E-S.com. If you're interested in more personal instruction and information on any of the topics discussed here, go to docmuscles.com forward slash membership to learn more and sign up to be a part of my health and coaching services. It only takes a couple of minutes to learn more about your health. Again, that's docmuscles.com forward slash membership. Enjoy the episode of Doc Talk with me, Dr. Adam Nelly. Welcome back to episode five. This is the polyol pathway and diabetic disease. Um, I appreciate you and all the questions you've been sending in. They've actually been rolling in quite well. And uh, we're going to take a couple questions and answer them. Uh, I've got some great questions for you today, and uh, hopefully be able to get you some answers and a little bit of science with it for those of you that love to geek out on the science. First question comes from Japan. Uh, Masaya Inoue uh, asked uh, a question saying, could you touch on the polyol pathway and how it relates to gout? This relates back to, I think, episode three where we talked about gout. So the polyol pathway is an interesting pathway. Um, this is the pathway where if, if glucose is conversion to pyruvate through the, um, hexokinin, uh, sugar enzyme pathway, uh, gets blockaded. Um, what happens is the glucose is then converted into a polyol or a sugar alcohol. Uh, it's, it's converted essentially into sorbitol, uh, instead of being converted into glucose six kinase and then into uh, uh, pyruvate thereafter uh, in the Krebs cycle. Uh, to explain what this means essentially is that polyols are a class of long chain carbohydrates that are neither sugars uh, nor are they alcohol. They're kind of in an in-between group. And these are actually the sugar alcohols. This is maltitol, sorbitol, mannitol, xylitol, erythritol, lactocol, and hydrolyzed starch hydroxylases, or the HSHs, which are commonly used in a lot of low-carb foods. These long-chain carbohydrates give essentially a texture and a sweetness um, that people get from sugar and corn syrup, but it has less of a glycemic index or a lower glycemic index. Uh, and in many cases, doesn't actually raise blood sugar, but actually most of them raise insulin and create uric acid and lower nitric oxide, which can be a problem in relationship to gout, kidney stones, and blood pressure. Um, a lot of the uh, companies out there making low-carbohydrate products or what they claim are ketogenic products uh, use these 
uh, polyols to make uh, toffees and chewy jelly beans and slick hard candies and brownies that are moist and uh, the creamy component of chocolate. They are partially but incompletely absorbed in the human intestine. And for this reason, it, it lowers the, the uh, uh, glycemic index, but they are digested at the back end of the colon by fermentation, which causes a significant amount of gas and bloating and diarrhea uh, for a significant port of, a portion of people. Um, it essentially creates what I call the gastrointestinal gymnastics. Um, and if you've not experienced those, you are in for an aromatic treat full of lots of fanfare. I find clinically that there's a notable variability in people's ability to absorb these uh, long chain carbohydrates. Uh, or in other words, sweeteners affect people differently uh, and may affect their blood sugar differently and their insulin release differently based on them. The polyol pathway is actually activated just by too much glucose being present. You don't actually have to eat these sugar alcohols. If you're, if you're a diabetic and your blood sugar is staying high and you're maxing out that pathway converting glucose to pyruvate, your body will convert a significant percentage of that into sorbitol, which is a polyol. And then that actually activates this additional pathway and sorbitol is converted into fructose and then raises uric acid and it lowers nitric oxide and leads to the formation of gout and kidney stones. And so Messiah's question was, how does this relate to gout? Well, it relates to the, in the fact that if you're not eating sugar and you're using sugar alcohols, you can cause gout and, because it, those sugar alcohols literally drive to that, that pathway. Uh, too much of the uh, erythritol could theoretically do that. Um, although the, the erythritol is slower in regards to its insulin release than all of them, it still has that potential to do that. And so overuse of low-carb products will halt weight loss and actually increase the diseases um, that can arise from diabetes all by themselves. Under normal conditions, glucose is metabolized via the hexokinase pathway and converted all the way down the, the, the chain to pyruvate. Uh, but in the presence of high blood sugars, uh, a higher glucose level saturates this pathway and then glucose is converted into sorbitol and then into essentially fructose uh, and processed through the liver at 100%. Um, sorbitol does not easily dissolve across the cell membrane and increases what's called osmolarity uh, or the concentration of the blood. And this ultimately leads, leads to cell damage and increases the redox state, increasing free radicals. This is important in a number of factors because it also reduces glutathione and nitric oxide and uh, uh, taurine, and which essentially increases your potential risk for um, cancer, cancer causing free radicals, things of that nature. Uh, sorbitol uh, may also glycate the um, nitrogen on the protein, such as collagen, producing AGE products, which are also damaging to the cell and to the DNA. Because the sorbitol pathway sucks up um, the pyridine nucleotides like NADP and NAD, um, it reduces their concentration, and these cofactors are essential in other metabolic pathways. And, and when those uh, cofactors are reduced, you're going to see reduced glutathione, which increases the nitric oxide, which I said, and myo-inositol. Myo-inositol is important for the regulation of normal nerve function. This plays a big role in diabetic neuropathy. It's one of the factors that that high, high blood sugar leads to uh, peripheral neuropathy in our diabetics and in our pre-diabetics. I have a lot of patients that have neuropathy prior to even being diagnosed as diabetics. This will happen five, sometimes eight years beforehand, and no one understands why. It's essentially because the sorbitol is sucking up these um, purity nucleotides as one component of that. The other component of that is an MTHFR deficiency, which exists in about 65 to 70% of the people I see in my office who are pre-diabetic. 
So to summarize, high blood sugar is saturating the hexokinase pathway and increasing sorbitol presence, turning on the polyol pathway, which is driving gout, kidney stones, hypertension, neuropathy, even cataracts, and rapid aging. Because sorbitol cannot diffuse easily out of the lens, it remains there in the eye passively and accumulates and, and or change into fructose and creates the formation of cataracts. It's really the driver behind 50% or more of cataracts we see in the United States today. Interestingly, quercetin is a bioflavonoid and it's naturally found in fruit like apple or even an onion or other citrus fruits and it actually acts as an aldose reductase inhibitor which means that if you eat the real fruit that quercetin that's in the fruit will actually slow glucose conversion to the um, sorbitol and fructose levels so it actually has a natural inhibitory effect that way that slows that process so if you're going to have if you're going to use fructose you want to use it from a real fruit source not just a juice or high fructose corn syrup so let's move on to question number two donna asked uh, many products say they are keto friendly or low carb based on net carb count however many of the products kick me out of ketosis what should you look for on food labels besides fiber thank you well, thank you for that question, Donna. Um, my answer is, first, realize that your body has to process all carbohydrates in some way. In my office, we teach total carb count. Uh, there's no such thing as good carbs or bad carbs. They're just carbohydrates. What you need to understand is fiber will be fermented in the lower colon by many people in, in varying degrees. And so be aware that subtracting fiber can be very misleading. Uh, because of this, yes, the veggies actually do count. One cup of raw veggies is essentially the equivalent of about 10 grams of carbohydrate. If you cook that one cup of raw veggies, uh, you, you end up having that one cup becomes about 20 grams of carbs or a half cup of cooked veggies is about 10 grams of carbs equivalently because you're actually breaking the double bond between the glucose and activating uh, more of the glucose available to your gut to absorb. Fruit in a single serving is usually about 15 grams of carbohydrate. In if you if you look at the single serving as the way it comes off the tree or or the, or the way the good Lord made it, if you uh, if you look at the fruit that way, it's about 15 grams of carbohydrate. Even though it has quercetin, even though it's got fiber, you're still going to get roughly 15 grams of carbohydrate from an apple, uh, roughly 15 grams from an orange. Um, remember, a banana is 30 grams of carbohydrate, so be be well aware of that. Um, sugar alcohols do produce an insulin response, like we talked about before, in the processing through the liver through that polyol pathway. Uh, most sweeteners produce a significant insulin response, um, except for the following. Erythritol, you can get away with for the most part, but it still can cause notable gassiness and some um, some uh, uh, gastrointestinal gymnastics. Uh, that's one of the ones that we use. It's the only sugar alcohol that we, we allow people to use if they're going to use one. Chicory root is a water-soluble fiber called inulin. In, in a short chain, it's a short chain oligofructan fiber. Uh, it, it's one of the fructooligosaccharides or what they call FOSs. These can be derived from onions and bananas and garlic and blue agave. And it's got about 30% the sweetness of sugar and has been used commercially since the 1980s. Uh, it resists breakdown in the intestinal digestive enzymes, but again, it can be broken down in the colon by anaerobic bacteria through the fermentation process. Again, GI gymnastics. Uh, when combined with when you combine it with other sweeteners, it can dim diminish the cold taste of erythritol, and so oftentimes it's used together. Uh, my wife will often use erythritol and chicory root together. Um, or urethral and liquid stevia together, which you can get in the form of swerve. Uh, sucralose in the liquid form is, is uh, again, it's a sugar alcohol, but it doesn't have a huge insulin response. Very, very, it's very minimal. Um, 
and but it, but not the splenda form. Sucralose is bound to dextrose, and they call it splenda. Dextrose is just sugar that works for the CIA, so you have to be very very careful with with that. Uh, avoid it if it's splenda, but in the liquid form, you can use it uh, in in your cooking, and I don't I don't see that cause a problem with most people. Um, aspartame. Uh, or NutraSweet got its, well, NutraSweet has dextrose, so be careful with that. But aspartame alone doesn't actually raise initial insulin initially. And actually, aspartame has an appetite suppressant effect. But aspartame has been decried by everybody, including most of the low-carb people in the world. Um, as an obesity doc, we will use aspartame because it actually has an appetite suppressant. But what you need to understand is that even though it is somewhat benign, it causes an insulin resistance-like effect on the gut bacteria with long-term use. So Every one of these sugar alcohols or sweeteners has some negative aspect. And so what I tell people is eat real food. And then occasionally if you're having uh, either something that has erythritol, chicory root, liquid stevia, sucralose, or a little bit of aspartame, I'm okay with that. Just be careful that um, you may need to limit the amounts uh, that you're taking in because they will affect you. All right, now I'm going to bring up some controversial sweetener issues here that I disagree with greatly in regards to the other uh, parts of the ketogenic community. Um, the common sweeteners I see causing problems are, are I'll list them as the follows. And the reason I cause they cause problems is because I actually do see an insulin response with these sweeteners causing a rise in, in either blood pressure, a rise in small dense LDL particle numbers, which leads to heart disease and stroke, uh, and a halting of the weight loss. The first one of these is monk fruit. Yes, I know you're all going to go you're all rolling your eyes at me right now. Um, it's known as Buddha fruit, comes from a melon-like gourd found in Asia. It gets its name from the monks who cultivated it there. Um, and it was used as a fulcrum to treat coughs, constipation, and some metabolic deficiencies. Uh, the reason it worked on constipation is because it gets processed as a fr fructose and actually increases, that, uh, increases the uh, GI gassiness and moves the bowels. It's actually 200 to 500 times sweeter than sugar. Um, it doesn't raise blood sugar, but it raises insulin. And like I said, it will actually be the, it's the culprit I find in a lot of people's persisting hypertension, uh, their persisting cholesterol elevation, um, and their, their difficulty with weight loss. Uh, the second one is a sulfame potassium. It's called, it's also called ACE-K or SINET. Um, this sweetener is not fully absorbed by the gut. It yields no calories and does not raise blood sugar, but it spikes the insulin like it's table sugar. Um, there's a number of studies revealing it. It has a significant insulin response without raising the blood sugar at all. Uh, this is why um, you want to avoid it like the plague if you're trying to lose weight. Studies show that the insulin response is as remarkable as if a person ingested an equivalent amount of glucose. It works directly on the pancreas to, re to release insulin. Um, it's one of the most popular artificial sweeteners uh, and it's used in multiple low-carbon uh, ketogenic products around the, 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 the country that I've seen. Um, it's in most protein bars and protein shakes on the market right now. It's found in Coke Zero, Pepsi One, and, um, and most of the other diet sodas. Um, I've found it in my private medical practice that it's the biggest limiter to weight loss um, and the, the greatest cause of elevated triglyceride and small dense particle in people that think they're following a ketogenic or low-carbohydrate diet. The third one is allulose. Uh, I know, don't roll your eyes at me. Although allulose does not raise glucose, it does have an insulin response and it's dose dependent, much like the other sweeteners. It's uh, a problem for weight gain, hypertension, and cholesterol again. Uh, so I tell people you want to avoid the allulose altogether. But Dr. Nally so-and-so on the YouTube says I can use allulose. Again, remember, allulose is an ose. It's, an, it's a polyol. And we just discussed this polyol pathway and how it can actually drive gout and kidney stones and blood pressure and increase your weight gain or, or halt weight loss. So be very well aware of that. It's 
I keep hearing people say that you can use it. And, and in my practice, I, I'd say do not use it. Um, it will stop your weight loss. All right, our third question comes from Alabama. Rhonda Heathcock asks, low-carb diets and keto are proven to keep insulin levels down. People that follow plant-based diets say that they can eat high-carb vegetables and fruits and maintain low blood sugars and low insulin levels. How do both diets work to get the same results while the diets vary so differently? That's a great question, Rhonda. Let's answer that. What's important to understand is that the results aren't really the same. There's a significant difference between the results that I see from a ketogenic or carnivorous lifestyle and the results I see from a uh, vegan or vegetarian lifestyle. Um, in regards to the standard American diet, the vegan or vegetarian or, or vegetable-based diets will actually see a lowering of their A1C. They'll see improvement in their glucose. They'll see improvement in their um, in their blood sugar generally, uh, but I rarely see them get their A1C levels less than 5.4%. Um, with a ketogenic or carnivorous lifestyle, I commonly see people hit, hit 4.9, 5.1% on their A1C and stay there consistently. With uh, low uh, with uh, low fat and uh, vegetable-based uh, diets, rarely do they get to less than 5.4, and usually they're somewhere between 5.5 and 5.9% uh, on the A1C. So they're not actually seeing that A1C dropped into the le level where you're going to see dramatic improvement. Now, the only time I do see that is if they calorie restrict. The problem is if you calorie restrict fruits and vegetables, you're going to end up with B12 deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, low pregnenolone levels, low DHEA, um, and estrogen dominance with low testosterone levels. Um, uh, this usually happens within 12 months of them doing that. Um, so it, it, I have in 22 years of practice, I've never seen someone lower their A1C low enough to really truly see the effect there in reversing that diabetes and that insulin resistance without seeing some detrimental effect to their vitamin intake, their fat-soluble vitamins, and their sex hormones. So it's a great question. Uh, they will see some some good improvement, but if they're tightening that diet up to really see the full effect and getting back to a normal level, then you're not going to see... Um, a true resolution of those symptoms. Now, remember, if they've cut out all the, the crappy sweeteners and all the crappy um, the, the, the sugar and they're just eating true vegetables and fruits, remember those fruits and vegetables do have uh, quercetin in them and uh, ECGC in them. And so they're actually having some uh, lim rate limited effect of the conversion to uh, uh, the polyol pathway. And so there is some benefit to that. But again, to, to truly see those A1C levels drop and see that blood sugar drop into a range that's going to be effective for reversal of diabetes um, and reversal of insulin resistance uh, without restricting calories, it's really, really hard to do. Hopefully that answers that question, Rhonda, and it's clear for you. Um, well, that's the three questions for today. Thank you guys for joining in today. Thanks for listening. I hope it gives you some good answers. If you have further questions, please uh, shoot them on over to uh, questions at docmuscles.com. It's been a pleasure talking with you today, and have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.